Middle Cough. Hey, be hate. Hot ham summer. Here we go. We are deep in it now. Actually, we got some OTAs this week. Somebody, I don't know, Bill's making them work in New England. So we still got football uh, this week. And, you know, one day we're recording this on a Sunday. One day soon we'll be coming off football games on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. But not, not everyone gets to go home early, guy. Not everyone gets to go home early. Go to Turks and Caicos or Tulum or wherever the hell all these uh, people that I follow on Instagram go. It feels like they're having a lot of fun uh, yeah. in Tulum's of the world. That's Me and where, you were just, you know, swinging our pick here. From what I can tell, that's where the NFC West goes and does deals between the Niners and Shanahan taking all his guys last year. And then, uh, you know, McVay meeting Stafford down in Mexico. It's The NFC West does deals in Mexico. Yeah, it's I'm the, sure the Cliff, rich and famous people. The rich and famous people I follow and just babes all go to Mexico a lot. I feel like several times, like I would go to like a pizza joint. There's like, I'll go to Tulum for the third time in Q2. It's like, Jesus, God, you guys go to Mexico a lot. Be back tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks, wheels up. You know, some of these people, you know, just must be nice. You know, must be nice. You know, I, I claim to like uh, unfazed by what other people are doing, even on Instagram. Sometimes you think like, God, these people look like they're having a good time. Well, that's the point. Why not right? living? <laughs> Yeah, it works. You know, they don't show you the, the, the hungover morning or the day when, uh, you know, they get scolded by their boss for missing three weeks for being in Mexico. Or the and having 15 other photos behind. that didn't make the cut for the selfie uh, post. One thing I do feel pretty good about, I, I know in my career of posting photos, like the photo either works or it doesn't. Like I don't take like more. Like, well, you yeah, know, I mean, you, I you take one and you perfect. go, ah, this is not going to be a post, and then you move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I ain't getting 17, you know, poses to try to get the perfect shot. You're like, well, yeah, I guess those are my chins. I mean, we're going to roll with it. <laughs> That's usually how my discussion goes with myself. Like, oh, well, I don't think we can take another and change it. Yeah. So I like I, cheeseburgers. You're like, you're that, you're that pale. That's just nothing we can do about it. No filter is going to help. No. This SPF. is a, This is a big, 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 big week. In fact, if you are watching this live on YouTube, the link to the Haberman and Middlecoff 200-person DraftKings game is available in the description. If you're listening to this, uh, you know, the podcast, uh, the link's in the description of the podcast. So you can go get it either way. The game is up, John. The U.S. Open is here. Get in our DraftKings game. Sign up with the code HAM when you do that. I just reserved my spot, guy. I just reserved my spot. Um, there are 20 people already in guy, 20 people. It's been up for, what do you think? Five minutes, 20 people. Uh, Yeah. Maybe eight. Boom. Rocking and rolling, baby. It's the U S open. I can't wait to actually gamble on some of these, uh, individuals coming up and build my team. Already, already have my team in mind, actually. Um, it's, there are this, it's a hell of a, the most expensive player is, um, healthy John Rahm. So get in the DraftKings game with us. It's in the Haberman and Middlecoff League. If you have not been on DraftKings before, great. It's, that's all the better for us because then you can sign up with the code HAM, John. When you sign up with the code HAM, not only can you play in our game, you can play deep NBA playoffs. you got baseball going on. Right now, DraftKings offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. And again, the best part is, Sign up with code HAM, and all of that is free to play. I'm going to tweet out the link. You'll tweet out the link. We'll put it on Instagram. We'll put it on YouTube. It'll be everywhere. I know some people are like, where's the link? Where's the link? We're going to do it for our game. Download, and the way you get in it, you download the DraftKings app now. 
Use the promo code HAM when you sign up to get a free shot at $10,000 in total prices every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code HAM when you download the app for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. All right. We also have, uh, you, so you can play along there. You can also play along mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Well, they'll match that first deposit uh, up to, uh, fifth, they'll match it 50% up to $1,000. You can also decline the bonus because you'd have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. But either way, use the code HAM and the number one so they know that we sent you. And uh, again, ton of NBA. And anybody stand out to you from a golf perspective this week? Well, I, I, I think we'll probably do a deep dive maybe on Tuesday, but I'm just going to throw three names right now. I am going what my game plan was to put $150 on Podrick Harrington, have him place top 10 at this random tournament, use that $500, put it on Xander Shoffley at 20 to 1 because I think Xander's going to win. Podrick missed the cut, so now I'm out $50. Also put $50 on Jason Duffner to kind of spread my – he missed the cut as well, so I have to reload some cash. I like Xander, guy. 20 to 1. When you look at the crew, 20 to 1 or better. The Roms, the Brookses. This guy's from San Diego. This is his home turf. I follow him on Instagram. He's been at Torrey for two fucking weeks, just playing around in the rough, playing around with shots, playing with his caddy. This is this guy's Super Bowl guy. Xander Shoffley, 20 to 1. I actually think I, I think he wins it. Shane Lowry, he was top 10 at Memorial. He was top five at Kiowa. He is, he's an open champion, so he can play in tough conditions. This course is really long. It gets windy out there by the coast in the rough. 65 to 1. This guy's playing good golf. Now, is Shane Lowry going to win it? I don't know, but whenever his top five bets comes out, they, usually around Monday or Tuesday, they'll have the top five, top 10, top 20. I like Shane Lowry. The other guy with Xander that's just, we learned our lesson at Kiowa. 28 to matter. 1. Oh, no. No, no I'm not. I'm not. But I do like him to top five. We're top talking 10, about Tony maybe. Finau finished second at the Farmers <laughs> Insurance, John, which was at Torrey Pines. Xander finished T two also. But I, we'll get into his uh, his beef with the big golfer. But how, how do you bet against Brooks Kepka when the shit matters? You know, people were like, "Oh, he shot his knee hurts," and then he shows up at Kiowa and he's right there with Phil in the final group. Like, don't you expect him to be a factor at this thing? I, I absolutely <laughs> expect him to be a, because he. Wasn't even at his best, I didn't think, in Kiowa, right? <laughs> no, he easily could. If it wasn't for Phil Mickelson, the dude's a champion. By the way, I mean, Phil, Phil's 40 to 1. Yeah, I, Phil had a hell of a run. I, I think this is a this is a celebration of Phil That's this right. week, but I don't think he's going to compete to win it. But I think Brooks, I'm going to put my money on Xander. I, I, I don't think you can go wrong putting some cash on Kepka. I think you feel pretty good about it. And I think I think Kiowa was a lesson for everyone. Like this is this is a dude. Like I would just bet on this dude when shit matters and the money is big. You and I were talking about this the other day. Like he's won two the US guys Opens, that remember. win two. The guys that win majors, guys that win any golf event, the guys that are competing in the top eight. Like those guys are they are having they are playing at their best usually. Right, they're playing their best golf for those four days or three days, but whatever it takes, they're playing their best and their best is like seven or eight strokes better than what they normally are. But but the great players, that's not the case. Like the great players, Tiger's best means he kicks your ass. His B game means he still probably beats you. And Brooks is in that category, right, where Brooks's best game could still beat you. And that's, I think, what's scary after watching McKeel. He did not feel like he was at his best, even close to it. And he was still right in the mix. 
Do you remember the U.S. Open we attended? Pebble Beach, pretty sweet U.S. Open. Gary Woodland yeah. won the U.S. Open. I do remember. Do you know who was right there? I mean, right Brooksy. there on 18 was Brooksy. Like, this guy is just a factor. He's 16 to 1. You know, you just want to sprinkle a little cash there. I, I feel you'll be you, you'll be in it the whole time. Same with Xander. I mean, Xander, the difference is Kepka wins. Like, Xander has never won. He finishes top five in all these U.S. Opens. And maybe there's so much pressure on this hometown, even though the difference, like, Rory had a nation behind him. I don't even think San Diego, like, anyone recognized him. Like, Philip Rivers is 100 times more recognizable in San Diego than, like, Xander Shoffley. So it's a different type vibe down there in the SoCal, the, you know, golf community. But... Uh, I like those two. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. As the week goes on to, anyone that wants to gamble on this, top five, top tens, top 20s, they'll have matchups. Uh, they have a ton of props that'll come up, you know, by within the next 24 hours if you listen to this. Well, the number one betting prop they could have is a first-round matchup of Brooks and Bryson if they're playing together, which here we are in the U.S. Open. And I, I said this to you last week. If they have intentionally not put them together so so they were so they could save them to put them together on Thursday at the US Open then I will applaud whoever's in charge of the pairings for waiting because this is about as splashy as it could get you could put them together at the Masters that'd be huge you could put them together at the Open that'd be cool you could put them together at the PJ Championship they didn't you put them together at the US Open I don't think again the Masters is as massive as it massive gets, but here's where the U.S. Open to me, John, is even bigger than the Masters for the purposes of this. People don't walk into the Masters and last very long, screaming and heckling players. This is Not a different allowed. environment. The patrons, and so here, I think is this would be the ideal place to put them together. It is a golden opportunity for golf. I know. Do you, what do you think the uh, PGL would do? Well, Bryson's the defending champ, right? And skip a year, Gary Woodland, Kepka had won two in a row. So according to my math, just Fresno State Cal Poly guy, the two of them have combined to win three of the last four U.S. Opens. Like that's, they always say, the U.S. Open, toughest test in golf. Tough, even the Masters is the most prestigious. This is the hardest thing to win. They've won three of the last four, these two guys. And now this beef, they hate each other, whatever. If the USGA, I, I was, I took a couple edibles on Friday night. And I was watching MLB. I, I love MLB Network because they always have sweet games on. And they always, like if DeGrom's pitching, they show his game. And I'm watching DeGrom. And it's awesome. And he's just mowing them down. And it's like they're throwing Bob Gibson stats up there. And then all of a sudden, the sixth inning comes. It looks like he's going to throw a complete game. You know, one hit, like shut out, yank him. Now, it turns out he felt a little something. But my first reaction is like, what are you doing? Like, this is awesome. And I immediately change the channel. And I, I tweet out, you know, these sports, no one wants anyone to get hurt. But if you're in golf, basketball, baseball, you're in the entertainment fucking industry. And to keep your most important thing you can do right now is interest and eyeballs and attention. Now, DeGrom, if he feels, I, I don't blame them for yanking him. But we see it with the NBA that they don't care about the consumer during the season. They're always yanking stars. And it's just, it's crazy. The USGA here has a BP fastball. It does not get any easier. Now, I would imagine if you ask both these two individuals, do you want to play off camera? Because on camera, I bet, yeah, I'll play with them. I don't care. Off camera, probably say no. I, I think you don't even listen to them and you pair them to get, what are they going to do? Boycott your tournament? Like they're playing. 
can you imagine if Tuesday when the pairings come out, like they won't be, it'll have like an NBA, like Kevin Durant type beef. Like it'll be one of the biggest stories in sports. You mean Kevin's return to Oklahoma City? Yeah, not just Tuesday and Wednesday, but then you get to watch them play together on Friday, or Thursday and Friday with all the people screaming Brooksies and Bryson can't get really mad because Brooksy's standing right next to him. It would be, you don't even need to like golf that much to know like this would be a big fucking story for four days, right? Yeah, I think with the difference between this and any other sport, like your DeGrom example, is even if DeGrom's not hurt, the Mets might have pulled him out of the game. And their prerogative 100%. is we got to win the game. We got to win today. The big picture, right? The gate, the way the game is played. I think it's one of the major problems with baseball. Your number one stars are your power hitters and your star starters. Well, now everyone's hitting home runs and your star starters are marginalized because everybody's doing tandem starts or whatever. Right. So those are some primary issues for the game, but there's so much that's out of your control. In the game, right? You can major league Rob Manfred could be like, uh, call the Mets. Like uh, Degrom's got to start. It's Sunday night baseball. Bump him up, and the Mets would be like, no, bye, not an option. And he wouldn't do it because it's stupid. You couldn't start him on short rest because it's Sunday night baseball. And then the Mets could go. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna start Degrom on Sunday night baseball. Our owner wants Sunday night baseball. It's gonna be huge. He wants Degrom pitching. We're gonna move him up. And then DeGrom could give up seven runs in the first inning. You take him out of the game. The beauty of golf is you put them together. There's no, like, well, after four holes, DeChambeau's withdrawn because he's out of the thing. He's going to the bullpen. They just have to play together. No matter how it looks, it's a story. If they both play great, amazing story. If one of them plays bad, great story. They both play bad, great story. <laughs> Whoever the third person is, what's going on in their head, great story. Yeah. Like yeah. Patrick Reed. Everyone's going to want to hear from that guy. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and they should actually do Kisner because Kisner is pretty public about his distaste for Bryce. But the point is, it's in golf, you are so in control of everything. In basketball, you know, it's uh, what KD and Russ. And then they might never go face-to-face the whole game. They might never guard each other. They might never say anything to it. Whatever. There's just, you know, once the ping-pong balls, once the they're like little flies bouncing off the walls, you can't control it once the game starts. Golf's different. Like, they're standing right there on the tee box next to each other. There's no Well, think about it. this. Well, think about this. When we, we do a big deal over the NFL schedule release, and rightfully so, partly we need the content, and two, it is just kind of cool. I was thinking but we, we missed an opportunity the other day when the preseason times got announced, John. We, I should have known. Oh, gosh. There is, we already know the games, right? We already have the home and away game. We literally just find out what week they play. And depending on the time of year, what network they're going to be on. But as we've learned the last several years, that's not even guaranteed if it's past the flex deadline, right? Shit gets changed all the time. Right. If I told you, hey, Roger, there is no first place schedule. You guys can do whatever the hell you want. Can you imagine those guys mixing and matching? It'd be like Cowboys, Patriots, Cowboys, Packers. Cow- like they would just set up their sweetest Russell versus this guy. Some quarterback Everyone's gets hurt t- on a Tuesday. They change the game. Wait, can the Tom play the Patriots uh, four times? This year? Like they would just try to do the sweetest matchups. This is your sport is gaining a ton of momentum. More people than ever are playing. Anyone that plays public uh, golf courses knows right now. We played last week in Pleasanton at a public course, cool course. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's fucking slammed, slammed. I mean, that's insane. I, I've been playing public golf now in the Bay pretty consistently for five years. 
for like the three leading up to Corona, I could always sneak out Tuesday, Wednesday, no Thursday. You wouldn't. You would not even lunch. have to think about making your tea time early. Well, not even that guy. If I did run into people going slow, I just if I playing by myself in a cart, I can just jump around the course. You couldn't even envision jumping around a course now in the afternoon. So people, what happens when people start playing? Well, they watch the best guys play. What's the biggest story in the sport right now? These two guys. Now, I'm not expecting them to do that. I'm not a 100% no on it. I think there's like a 10% chance because there has to be one guy in the room being like, do you understand how big this would be if we do it? Now, maybe they want to talk to these guys first. I do think it would be, if it ever got out that those guys declined it, I think it would be pretty chicken shit because, again, the whole thing would be then kind of fake. Yeah. And that's what I think some players are starting to allude to. Like, it's kind of BS. <laughs> like, they're kind of hyping it up. Well, that's fine. If you guys are hyping it up, then play together. Are you expecting it? Like, no, what, what not, percent uh, would you? 10%. Would you be? Yeah. Maybe. I think they're going to miss this opportunity. By the way, I just, uh, I was just about to say, I was just looking at our DraftKings game. Tradition unlike any other. Haberman screws it up somehow. $10 entry instead of 20 How devastating is what? that? Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. First place pays four fifty. Second place. I mean, it's too late now. God, this app. I can make well, a second game. Try, you try to, no, we tried to rush it a little bit. Whatever, it's fine. All right. I was hoping to see like eight hundred dollars for first place. You know, that's that's where the heat's really at. But mm. <laughs> if this was like. Hey, you can't be in a position to rush the game because there are a couple things you have to click. And if you just click I did it, thing. what happened was I went back to double check that I had the right game because I've done that mistake before. And then when I came back, I had to reset everything and yeah. I didn't change the dollar amount. So it's a $10 entry. So maybe, oh, whatever. Maybe it'll fill, fill faster. Um, all right. Onward. God, I'm, I'm kicking it. myself right now. You only get mostly four of these shots a year, you know. You got it. mostly because I know I've disappointed Middlecoff. I don't. I mean, I'm at my team. I'm not. If this game fills by like Tuesday, we could make a smaller game with a bigger buy-in. I mean, a 200. I, I'm cool with it. All right. Let's listen to something Kyle Shanahan said. John Kyle Shanahan was on uh, Tim Kawakami's podcast, the TK Show, and uh, they talked about a bunch of stuff, including Kyle's big press conference the Monday before the. Uh, the draft, which I went back and I peeked at some of that thing uh, today. But some of the stuff that we said, not some of the press conference. And remember, he was a late addition. It was only, was, it's only mandated right. the GM. And then all of a sudden it was announced, I think, early that morning, Kyle will join John. And people were like, this is a little weird. And then Kyle got and on kind of turned aggressive. into the Kyle, Then it turned into the Kyle show a little bit. Yes, it was Kyle's telling everybody <laughs> he's drafting Mac Jones. I can't believe he's telling everybody. So yeah. Tim talked to him about that, but that's not what we're going to play. What we're going to play is a question Kawakami asked him about arm strength and more so than arm strength making NFL throws. And I thought what was interesting here, John, was what Kyle said about the biggest difference between Trey Lance and the other quarterbacks. Obviously, we're always talking about Jimmy when we talk about comparing Trey to somebody else. So let's take a listen to what um, – uh, you'll hear some of the questions, then you'll hear, hear Kyle. Take a listen. 
But some of it also, you know, wanting to push the ball downfield. I mean, it's been well chronicled that they haven't done a lot of that with Garoppolo. Uh, you know, get the ball outside the numbers, maybe, you know, maybe threaten the defense on the edges a little more than you have. Was that part of the thinking, like, you want a quarterback who, who has the skills that you really can be able to move the ball downfield like that? Um, I mean, I, I do believe Jimmy has those skills from a throwing standpoint. I think Jimmy can make every throw. Um but I think, you know, the obvious difference is when you have a quarterback who is a run threat and that's not against Jimmy, that's against um, all the quarterbacks that we have. And, you know, there's some guys who can scramble and stuff, but there's also some guys that you can actually put design runs for. And when you can do that or you have the threat of it, which anytime you're pretty much in shotgun or anytime you're in a pistol formation, the defense has to count for them. Um, and when you don't have that, um, the, it's, it's, it's 11 on 10 football. And what I kind of like about the thought of having a quarterback who can attack that way is you just it changes the defenses you're going against. And sometimes it can make it a lot easier on, um, you know, the O-line, the receivers, just some of the looks that you get. Because sometimes there's two guys in the middle of the field, sometimes there's one. Um, but when you got to account for the quarterback, you got to you got to use that guy. Uh, there's never an extra guy, and that actually helps a lot more looks down the field. Okay, so there, so there was Kyle. I think one thing too. You know, earlier Kyle had complimented Trey Lance for how he stays in the pocket. So when we talk about athleticism with Trey and Kyle Shanahan, of course we should know this, John. The stuff that excites Kyle more is the stuff he gets to draw up for Trey than the stuff that Trey just does on his own, even though he likes that. But what did you think that he identified? He said that the throws, the, the offense I can call in terms of throws is the same with Jimmy. It's the leg stuff that's different. Well, if you remember when he described not the press conference that got out of hand, and I didn't even think it got out of hand, that the media just thought that it was Mac Jones, and I, I think we both kind of disagreed with them, but the original press conference, when he was just talking about the trade and what you look for, is that ideally you'd want Drew Brees mixed with Lamar Jackson, right? And I was, because I was thinking about like uh, someone, one of the you know, golf accounts, probably the, of my thousand people I follow Zyre? on Instagram, maybe golf balling, yeah, 45 of them, you know, maybe 15% of them are golf related. It was the Tiger Woods winning, you know, 12 years ago or 13 years ago at Torrey Pines with a blown out knee. And I was talking to a couple of people that were like, you know, I thought he was overblowing it. But then, you know, the news came out later that week. I was like, whoa, he was really, because I think most people are like, God, is, is he kind of playing this up? Right. And I'll never forget texting one time with Hunter Mahan over Corona about Tiger. And he said the best thing about Tiger is that he was the best at absolutely everything. Like every element of the sport, driving, hitting cuts, hitting fades, chipping, irons, long irons, short irons, putting. He did everything better than everyone. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about actually today driving home from my mom's house that Tom Brady is not the best at everything, right? He is by, he's not even close to the best athlete. Like and he's the you know arguably the best quarterback. I mean he's the best quarterback ever. His resume, but he's by no means the most agile or athletic. Right? Listen to the Steve Young book. It was just like like the guys in the history of the league that do Lamar Jackson, even Josh Allen's, Mahomes are much more mobile than him. So he's not like the perfect player, but ultimately that's why we wanted Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Anyone like the whole country did for Kyle because it's like. Why would you pigeonhole yourself with someone that you know right away? Like, you can get by with being a pocket quarterback. And that is always going to be mandated for success, right? Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. But part of, like, what makes Aaron Rodgers, who I think of his era the last two decades, it'll be like Peyton, Tom, and Aaron. But one thing that Aaron had that those guys didn't, and really, I think you would 
you know, Peyton, you know, was basically Drew Brees on steroids, right? Just pinpoint accuracy, but he didn't have a great arm. And like Tom, he couldn't move. Aaron's ability, like some of Aaron's greatest moments as a player were fucking kind of backyard football, right? And then when he would make the throw, it would be the accuracy of Peyton or Tom. And it was like an unstoppable play. And that's why I think Mahomes has a chance to be like the Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't say on steroids, but like maybe on creatine, right? Like the better version of Aaron almost, which is just, we've seen, it's an unstoppable player. And that's why ultimately with Trey Lance, I think Kyle's realizing right away, and this is why I think he wanted Trey Lance the whole time, because go back to that Lamar Jackson comment, obviously Trey Lance probably is not going to be, he's not Lamar Jackson. Like he's a 4-5 guy. Lamar, I don't know, is like a 4-2 guy. <laughs> and I do think Lamar's, a little more agile, like Lamar's agility, and he's he's as definitely we call it in the business COD change of direction. I always thought you remember COD Michael Vick used to be in East Bay. It'd be like the East Bay catalog. It'd be like COD, and I was like, well, I don't know what that meant. Like credit on demand, or it meant something else in shipping. Payment. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right. It was always oh, yeah, yeah. I was always like, what? It was I always know. like an East Bay catalog. I was like, what the hell is COD? I don't know. But it's anyway. like the extra payment they throw on DoorDash now. But ultimately, my point is like Mahomes. Let's even look at Josh Allen. Really what makes Josh Allen so awesome, at least this last year, and I think what the Bills hope he's just going to be moving forward, we already knew he had a big arm. Then he kind of got accurate, accurate. But what he really brought to the table was like this Cam Newton athleticism. It's like you can run quarterback power with him. He can keep plays alive, rolling to his right, rolling to his left. It becomes ultimately like a large, maybe not a large percentage, but a percentage of your plays. Let's say you call 60 plays. And, you know, for Kyle, I was going to say... 35 of them are passes, right? So it's like 35, 25, maybe even like 32. Like in Kyle's perfect world, it's probably like 30, 30, 30. At least 10 of those, the play is not going to work or something's going to happen. Maybe one of your players falls. Maybe they call the perfect defense. You're, you know what the, like the knock on a Cousins is? Or the guys, Matt Ryan, like the guys that were always associated with Kyle, and I think Matt's the best version. Then the Cousins and the Shobs, they cannot make plays off script. If it's on script, most of Cousins' touchdowns are happening like good play call, sweet Justin Jefferson or Thielen, awesome pass by Cousins. But it's like they ran it in practice, works in the game. It's not like him jumping up over a defensive lineman, 360, fucking bullet across the middle. Like that's what, I don't know if Trey Lance is going to do that one day, but he definitely has the physical attributes to do that. Yeah, And I think Kyle's probably got to be thinking like, this guy can bail us out. Where Jimmy actually... Has a little bailout, but nothing like the the potential of this guy's bailout. You need bailout, guy. You, you need bailout. No doubt. But what I hear him talk there, what he's saying to me is, uh, you know, because you and I have talked about this a lot as it relates to Debo Samuel as an example for the offense. Ideally, Debo has as many catches or more plays healthy, has more catches. And some of those are just down the field, over the top throws, not so much. Debo Samuel having to run through traffic to get nine yards where he's taking hits. And some of what, to me, what Kyle is kind of saying there is, yeah, I mean, we can throw down the field, but I can kind of do some of that stuff already. But it's that maybe when I do that quick pass to Debo or Debo on an end around, he takes less hits because the linebacker who would otherwise just chase Debo to the edge has to wait to make sure that. The quarterback, Trey Lance, isn't keeping it because if he does, he's going to go for 15 yards up the gut. Like, I think he's – that's what he's thinking about here, I think, in part, is like just the added level of of play calling that he gets to have, the added level of chess that he gets to have. 
And he said it. It makes it life easier for the offensive line and for the receivers. Like, I think that's part of what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you just put Mahomes in his own category, if you can just find some combination, and obviously this is an elite player, but I mean, ultimately, when you trade this many players, of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, right? Of, you know, I think he's more mobile than Josh Allen. You sound like Allen. every kid coming into the draft or like filling out his bio in college. Like, what's your game yeah, like? But, but that's that's what they're hoping for, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. I handle it like case, Kyrie, Mac- but I, I shoot it like... You know, pick the best well, it's why people staff. hated Mac Jones. Like, who's Mac Jones' comp? Hey, he's like Kirk Cousins. And, and, and Tom the Brady. pushback from Ky- <laughs> and I think Kyle's pushback even always is like, you're acting. You guys are acting like Kirk Cousins stinks. Yeah, like he he's like one of the best players on a team that goes to the playoffs like three of the last four years. But that's not the way we think about it. Because if you say that, you're like, oh, what? Ooh, yeah, what? that's why I appreciate. Honestly, about- if I said. If I, if I told you, and we talked about this on our last pod, I think in the mailbag, if I said that Trey Lance just becomes Cam Newton, that, that's really good. But I think most people are like, he can't be better than that, right? Yeah, because you're like, oh, I want a little more consistency in the in the throw game. You know, do, you, from, do you agree with that? Yes. If I said that's his comp, yes. it's Cam Newton. People yeah. are like, oh, you know, it's cool. Well, how many years has Cam been in the league? He's on another team. Yeah, but he was on his team for a decade. I know, but. Multiple you know. contracts, Super Bowl. I know. Right now, what I but would they were not consistent MVP Super Pro Bowl contenders. No. So. I agree. I with think a great you de- would want with more. a great defense. I think you would want yeah. more. By the way, a few people in the YouTube uh, Excalibur says cash on delivery is what COD meant. Skillet said collection on delivery. So does that mean that like UPS drivers used to be going around like uh, uh, like waiters like handing you a thing and you'd like. They'd have to have a bag, a little zip bag on them and coins and change. And we were asking a lot if that's what that meant. I, I know. You I, just I order it from the catalog and then pay when it showed up? Do you know what it also shows you? Is that I bet if you ask parents, they would know. That wasn't our money, right? Anything we bought in 1999 or 2000 from eBay, we were fucking kids. We just use our parents. You don't even think about it. Now, like... Every time I order a DoorDash, like, what are these seven? What, what's that? Do I, wait, do I still need to, I need to tip him? I mean, he's charging me $17. It's like, you're always questioning it. You know that, but when it's not your money, you don't give a shit. Like, well, the Haberman's up, how many yeah, things like, that, <laughs> you want to order some pizza? Yeah, we'll drive to Papa Murphy's and get one. <laughs> People on YouTube, smash that like button. Yeah, smash that like button. Good call. John, let's welcome, by the way, our friends at Decked. Okay. Oh, yeah. Decked. This this shit's sick. These are our type people. To say that in the ad, but this is pretty awesome. Oh yeah, you can. Uh, the go to decked.com slash ham right now. Decked.com slash ham. If you own a truck, you know what it's like to have your stuff rattling around in the cab, under the seat. What a pain it could be to keep organized. But not only that, having everything in the truck bed, it's unsecured. It's exposed to the elements. That's why for your truck. You must get the decked drawer system. Right now, you and I did this the other day. We went to the website. Ton of fun to look at. So many great uh, uh, options there. Decked drawer system at deck.com slash ham. Each of Deck's two full bed length drawers can carry up to 200 pounds of whatever you got. Deck has a true 2,000 pound payload capacity. <laughs> I mean, guy, think of what you could throw in there. We were, we were on the call with Deck, people from the, the company. People use this for tailgating. Think about that. Throw your grill, 
to throw some ice, throw some booze out there. You, well, yeah, you fill game. the drawers with ice, John, and then you throw all your, uh, you know, your hard claw, Here, your white How about claws. this one, though? <laughs> the decked drawer system is one, we love this, 100% made in the USA and backed by a three-year no-hassle warranty. Three years. And we've, we were told they've never turned anyone down on a warranty. With a second-to-none customer service, team ready to roll and answer any questions whenever you... And we know our people are driving trucks, farmers, construction workers. You guys are our people. Get on it. We're here to help. Put it on your company. They also a full line, uh, offer a full line of segmented storage organizational accessories like various toolboxes, bags, cargo tie-downs, and other handy items made for maximum efficiency of both space and time. Uh, what You mentioned the 2,000-pound payload. That means you can... You can put your four-wheeler right on top of the deck drawer system, and it holds. It is very sturdy. Made from 100% recycled materials. Over 7,000 reviews, John. They have a 4.89. 4.89 out of 5 rating. That is, I think, basically what we are on iTunes, but with actually way more reviews. And there's all kinds of non-traditional ways. People, you can retrofit it with electronics. Like I said, fill it with ice. Um it fits every full-size truck and cargo van made since the mid-90s and every mid-size truck made since around 2005. So no awesome bi- stuff. No go check it out. Go to decked.com slash ham right now. If you're listening or watching, just check it out. I think we've got the link in the YouTube and on the podcast. It's just the kind of thing you just need to look at. Uh, you know the way you used to just look at eBay catalogs or East Bay catalogs. Yep. Uh, just look at them and dream and find something cool. Decked.com slash ham. Decked.com slash ham for free shipping. Decked.com slash ham. Welcome to the pod, Decked. Proud to have you on board. Great to have you. Yes. Support them, people. These, this is the company. You're in that line of work. Check it out this week. Decked.com slash ham. If you're in the tailgate and drinking line of work, too. All right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one thing we want to talk about today was D'Amico Ryans, is D'Amico Ryans, because Mike McDaniel talked about him when he spoke last week on, what was that, Wednesday, after the Niners canceled OTAs, the Niners' new offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, still talked. Again, I'll say it, he's a gem. D'Amico talked, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Kyle Shanahan on Tim Kawakami's podcast talked about D'Amico as well. In a day and age when Sean McVay's having every offensive play caller on his podcast, is D'Amico Ryan's flying a little bit beneath the radar? Well, if D'Amico was the equivalent, not the equivalent, if he just was an OC, not a DC, I think he'd be a much bigger story in the league. He finished playing in 2015. He's a defensive coordinator in 2021. When I was with the Eagles, we traded for him, and he immediately became our team captain. We loved him. Now, Part of the reason he was available, he had torn his Achilles a year before, a couple years before. He wasn't the same player. When he came into the league, he was defensive rookie of the year. But like the, the like the vibe around him just immediately spread. He's like one of the highest level guys in the league. It was like he was just like that was the type of guy you wanted around on your team. Honestly, spoken about like a patriot. Like that's the way people thought of him. And clearly, like. Look at who likes him, Kyle, right? I mean, it's just, and, but everyone did. I mean, Andy loved him. That's why he wanted him. And part of it was like, we didn't think we'd get Luke Keekley in the draft. Needed a middle linebacker. Obviously, Luke Keekley, I think, went eight to the, to the Panthers. So we, had to, we made the move before the draft. And I just remember he got in there and everyone loved him. And he ended up playing for the Eagles for like three years after the torn Achilles. And we, we know, when we saw Navarro, a torn Achilles for a middle linebacker, it is a tough injury to overcome. I, I would say for, you know, guy, especially the way the league is sideline to sideline. But one thing he mentioned on his press conference, rewatching it the other day, I was watching it for the first time because we were 
that was the practice we went to, was like he knew he was going to be a coach at a pretty young age, which most players, and again, this guy, I, I Wikipedia'd it, like when he got his second contract, but you, you told me he was the 33rd pick in the draft. So yeah. he, like when you're the 33rd pick in the draft, you, you know, he got a three or $4 million contract. He then signed another contract, I think in night in 09 or 10 for like, it was 21.8 guaranteed and $50 million contract, but it was, that was a, it's a big NFL contract. He was thinking about being a coach and he was that level of a player before that, right? SEC player of the year. We just don't care. I mean, we do, if, like, because we talk a lot about the Niners, we care. But, like, the league as a whole, in terms of buzz, if D'Amico Ryan was Ryan Fitzpatrick, or just who you insert quarterback, because that's equivalent what he was, like, as a middle linebacker, right? Like, if Luke Keekley just became a defensive coordinator, which he easily could, it'd be a big deal. But if the Luke Keekley equivalent was a quarterback and became an offensive coordinator, wouldn't that be one of the biggest stories in the league? Right? Luke Ke- Who would Luke Keekley's? Be like Aaron Rodgers or something. You know, it'd be nuts. It never happens. Yeah, let's just say, but, like, like, to me, when a, a McCown became a high school coach, it was a big story. If Philip Rivers became a head coach. Yeah, I mean, I don't right? know if there's a perfect comp for D'Amico, but let's just say Carson Palmer is an off, is the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. How big of a story would that be if Carson Palmer was the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson and, and Pete Carroll? Wouldn't that be a fucking massive story? But we, I think this would have been a much bigger deal, like, in the 90s, when it was just like, Run the ball, play D. Because, like, the defensive coordinators were the stars. Now it's just the, like, everyone's like, tell us more about Kingsbury. Like, they don't even, that's just the way the league is. But when I just was thinking about it, it's pretty nuts. This guy stopped playing in 2015, and he's a defensive coordinator. Like, that's a pretty, we talk a lot about, like, rises, fast rises. Like, it took Kyle 20 years, right? Started coaching immediately after he was done playing, like, 01. Oh, two. Yeah, look. D'Amico just boom and going. He he became a defensive coordinator faster than Mike Vrabel became a defensive coordinator. Remember, Vrabel went to Ohio State. Vrabel, Vrabel's last year was in 10 with the Chiefs. Then he goes to Ohio State. Then he's the then he's the D-line coach at Ohio State for a couple of years. So he's at Ohio State for three years. Then he's the Texans linebacker coach for two. Then he's their D.C. for one year. And then he becomes the Titans head coach. So it, it was a very fast ascension to head coach. And a pretty fast ascension to defensive coordinator. But D'Amico has gotten to defensive coordinator faster than Vrabel. Vrabel's a big deal. Vrabel was not as big a deal when he was the defensive coordinator either as if he had been a former quarterback turned offensive coordinator, I would say. Right? Agree. Now, Vrabel as a head coach has become a pretty huge deal. And part of that is, you know, he's a Bill guy. I think that also adds to it. But I He's won. He won. Right? And now he's won. That's absolutely huge. But listening to Kyle Shanahan with Kawakami... He, I, I, I hadn't really thought about it until I heard Mike McDaniel say something the other day because Mike McDaniel was in Houston with Shanahan when they drafted D'Amico. They drafted Mario Williams in the first round, then they drafted D'Amico Ryan. Both of them said, McDaniel the other day and then Kyle on Kawakami's pod, that when he came in, he immediately became their leader on defense. And McDaniel made the point, as our Mike linebacker, as a rookie, he became the leader on defense. Well, guess what? He was a he was a he was the rookie of the year. He was a Pro Bowler. He was an All Pro by his second year. And Shanahan said initially they kind of hit it off because Kyle was only twenty seven. So you know both young. Obviously, D'Amico's a rookie, but Kyle's a pretty young coach on that Houston staff. And I thought the most telling thing he said was that his nickname in Houston was Mufasa because he's 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 wise, but he's not you know, a look at me type leader. 
I that's probably not a fair thing to say. He's not a, an overly, you know, uh, uh, loud leader. His nickname was Mufasa, like you know Simba's dad in The Lion King, because he is the he's, he is you know uh, almost I, I don't know I, I don't know if you use the word noble leader, but just he leads by example. Obviously, very bright. Obviously, a good communicator. You have to be all of those things. But what Kyle said was it was obvious that he would be the replacement for Salah even, you know, a year or two ago. Like it was clear. Kyle was pretty straightforward with Tim. He said this he's gonna be a head coach sooner rather than later. Like that's what he thinks of him. Like so he's talked to your point, like we haven't really talked about him this way. You and I have talked well, about Miko like he, he, from seventeen to two thousand twenty, that's how fast it became for him to be Kyle's defensive coordinator. That's pretty nuts. Because right? Kyle doesn't this is not Kyle's side of the ball, first of all. Right, he was a quality control guy four years ago. He now he's on an now island. Again, he's not coach, he's, but again, he's not Kyle's offensive coordinator. Where Kyle can help him, like he's on an island. Like you can yeah. promote Mike McDaniel, quote unquote, before he's ready to be an offensive coordinator. Not, and I'm not saying that's what happened, but ultimately Kyle calls the plays. Right, even Mike McDaniel said the other day, my role hasn't changed. Really, <laughs> no. I have yeah. a new title. Which I is bet nice. Mike's been. I bet Mike's been doing powerful shit for Kyle since he was like 25. Right. Clearly, he goes around with them everywhere. I bet he's like, actually, when I was a quality control guy, you know, they used seven of my plays in a playoff game. I bet he, you know, you get some of those information. Where D'Amico, it's just, you're getting yelled at by Kyle to fix it or do something different, but ultimately, you're doing it, right? He's the head coach of the defense. Uh, comment on YouTube, Leftwich, uh, le- uh, sorry, this is Jim, Leftwich, probably the closest comp. Yeah, what was, bo- so Leftwich finished playing in 12, started coaching quarterbacks in 17. That is a good comp. It does feel like it's a matter of time before he's a head coach in the NFL. Maybe he's the Bucks' next head coach. Um, about I don't know what that five year was he. What was he doing in that five year window? But the the bottom that is a good comp. That's another example. Yeah, I but, I, but, uh, but I, I as good of a pro as never D'Amico? was a pro. Yeah, never was a Pro Bowler. Never was an All Pro. Wasn't Rookie of the Year. You know, was a high pick. It's just it's it's hard but, to find these comps, and I I would say that maybe comps not the right word, but that's as close as you can get. Maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe. But the point is, you and I have talked about this before when he got promoted. Like, if their defense looks like Robert Sala's defense looked for a couple of years, then he is going to become a head coach very quickly. But, I mean, Kyle Shanahan basically said as much. And here's the other thing that the comp is not exactly perfect because Leftwich and Arians, clearly he's letting him call the plays now, but his head coach is a play caller at his core. So it's like you can collaborate, like, Ultimately, you can collaborate with Kyle, but he's never been a defensive play caller, right? And it's like, well, I need Kyle. It's like, well, he's in the offensive meeting right now, right? It's just part of it. Like, Leftwich and Arians are probably always next to each other. Like, I, I think it's pretty unique. Yeah, I'd be interested what, if we talk to Byron Leftwich, like, does he do anything differently than Arians would? Whereas, as an example, uh, and he probably does. But one thing I, I Kyle actually, said about I, D'Amico I, was that he thinks D'Amico's going to take more chances than uh, Robert Sala did. His joke was Robert Sala never lost money gambling because Robert Sala doesn't gamble. Well, think about this, that that because Robert Sala's not a blitz guy. D'Amico played for Wade Phillips, who was a defensive coordinator in Houston, who was a much more aggressive defensive coordinator. Now, I, I actually think the comp for a backup quarterback to become a coach makes a lot of sense. What do backup quarterbacks play a big role in? Helping the coach and the starting quarterback game plan. They are... They spend their game on the sideline watching closely, right? 
it's probably a pretty smooth transition. I bet Byron Leftwich is like, you know, actually when I was working with Roethlisberger, we did a lot of this and Arians when he was the assistant coach. Like I felt like I was an assistant coach even though I was a player on the team, right? D'Amico is more. It also shows you the power of the NFL. I say this all the time that like I think in a lot of businesses, you can control a lot of your own outcome. It's not like, well, this guy worked for, now I'm not saying people connection, like this guy was a, he worked for this manager at this sales job. It obviously helps connecting. But as a player, and same as a scout, same as a coach, like Mike McDaniel just getting to get with Kyle, me getting just to, ha- I got to work for Andy Reid for three years. Byron Leftwich just played for the Steelers when Arians was the offensive coordinator, right? D'Amico Ryans played for the Texans when Kyle was there. Like there are things like as a player, you just, Obviously, you don't control who drafts you, but you have no control over what coaches are there, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like that offensive coordinator becomes fucking Bruce Arians or Kyle Shanahan. changes your life if you want to get into coaching. It really does. It's pretty freaking incredible. Like, the Belichick has multiple guys, multiple Fresno State people on the staff. Moses Cabrera's their, their strength and conditioning. Uh, Cole... Cole Popovich, I think, is our offensive line coach. These Former guys, Fresno when State you and me were at Fresno State, he drafted Logan was offensive lineman and the strength coach. Like that, that shit, all the connections, like obviously the Saban and the Alabama, it, it, that matters. It, it, but it's out of everyone's control. But ultimately, the web is formed. It's, it's this weird. I have a weird fascination with it. You go with what you know it, first. I mean, you, you trust the people you know. But it's like Leftwich. Let's just say one day we go down as left, which like, God, that guy became one of the greatest coaches to ever be a former player, right? He just goes on to be a star. He'll probably say, like, the luckiest thing I ever did was, like, Arians was my offensive coordinator. We became buddies. Changed my career, yeah. right? But what if what if he had worked for Freddie Kitchens or something? And it just – now he played – He might have survived. To be, he might have been on the next yeah, staff. Yeah. But you know what it, Yeah, I know, you know what, what I'm saying. Like, what if you just get into these situations where – well, absolutely. That's why, like, we, you know, we were listening to the flying, you and I have both been listening to the flying coach podcast with Schrager and McVeigh. And uh, at the end, they ask each guy for his advice. And they're always like, you know, work hard and do it's, it's good advice. But it's like you, every guy that's been interviewed has all worked for McVeigh. Like they've all worked together. That hasn't hurt either. Like, let's not pretend Kyle, like that's a non-factor. Like, if I was an offensive coach, if you ask, hey, Middlecoff, what's your advice? You want in the league? I would do everything humanly possible to get on the Rams or the Niners staff. It'll change your life. Because, like, oh, okay, get in the league. It'd be awesome to work for the Bengals. More than likely, those guys are all going to get fired. And a couple of them are going to have to go back to Kyle or McVay. Right? Do whatever you have to do to get with, uh, with Andy. Like that, that'd be my advice. Good advice. You might have to take less, but just get in the web, and it'll change your life. It'll change your life. As a player, it's definitely out of your control. But I would say this. Like, deciding if I was an agent, if you and I ran an agency, and we had a bunch of backup quarterbacks, I would, I would be heavily, like, listen... We could probably make a couple hundred thousand dollars with Freddie Kitchens, but Sean Payton wants you. Well, remember what like, we I always talked w- about with the Chiefs. Like, it, it behooved the Chiefs, it behooved Mahomes' agent to let the Chiefs know who liked Patrick and who didn't. Because getting him to Andy Reid was the best thing he could do. Yes. All right, well, you know, since we talked about Byron Leftwich, let's talk about this, John. PFF put this list out over the weekend. The best offensive play callers. The best offensive play callers. Here's their list. Number one. Matt LaFleur, number two, Brian Dable, number three, Andy Reid, number four, John Gruden, number five, Joe Brady, number six, Byron Leftwich. When you sent me this list, my first reaction was, I, 
there are guys that belong on this list, but you could legitimately argue five of them belong on the list. Like that five of them don't belong on the list. Other than if Andy. I called every if I called every general manager, including Roger's best friend Gudikins, how many of them would list LaFleur over Andy Reid? Well, would there be one? If you call, no. If we called all if we if we just polled all the offensive coordinators in the league, would Andy be the only guy that ever, would every guy say Andy? I mean, if you asked every play caller, told, so you asked 31 other offensive coordinators slash head coaches, make your list. Would every single one of them put Andy Reid in their top six? I, I mean, how would he end up on a list any lower than two on any human's list? He wouldn't end up behind Brian Dable. You know what wouldn't shock me? Honestly, if it was a coach, I wouldn't shock me if Gruden was on some people's list. Like McVay, yeah, he gets enough of the, been fine. He gets it, but I'm just saying, like, I think it's not just like, I, I think... Current coaches probably, McVay, those types of guys, right? Don't look at their offense today so much as they just think John Gruden, 20 years, they think he's a really good play caller. I think he gets that. Well, I, I'd argue it's more impressive what Gruden has done with Derek Waller and Ben Aguilar than anything you fucking did with Aaron Rodgers. He had multiple MVPs and a, a walk into Canton's Hall of Fame career before you showed up. So, like, listen, it's hard to coach Michael Jordan. But Phil, like, influenced Michael's career, right? Like, I... Did, are you now your offense is important and you got I give you credit I'm not I actually like Matt LaFleur I think he's a good coach but I, I under no circumstances I, as a play caller like I, I would not put him above either of his two guys like to me he's in the crew of Kyle and McVay to not have Kyle and McVay on your list to me is insane but to not have Sean Payton on the list is even crazier like if you, the you talked about Pold and Andy Sean Payton would come up with every single person. To me, Sean Payton and Andy have to be one and two in some order. I, and to me, I'd have Kyle three. Because I was thinking about this. If we did a quarterback draft, or I mean a coach draft from scratch, I think, do you think there would be some GMs. Like, in some offices, Andy might go first. Because, like, you know, I see Bill now in quarterback roulette. Like, I've seen Andy in quarterback roulette. He goes to the playoffs. <laughs> like, I've seen, him, I've seen him go to the playoffs like seven different coach, or quarterbacks. Like, Bill... And I think Bill's the greatest coach of all time, but these next couple of years are going to just define, like, could just make him, like, another level elite. But right now, like, I know if, if Andy has to work with, you know, Russell Wilson or Josh Allen, like, he can coach any type player. Kirk Cousins, he'd be able to figure it out. Like, I, we're going to find out with the Patriots, but it doesn't even matter. They're not even on the list. But my point is, like, Sean Payton, same thing. I, Yeah, I just, I, I shook my head at the list. Well, here's the other thing. Like, if we're going to give, you know, Joe Brady. First of all, I'm, you put Andy I'm, number one on the list. Um, Yeah, to me, Andy, you're Sean Payton. Is that what you said? Yeah. The, the thing with Sean, I mean, honestly, like they've been I, I doing it shock so me much if, longer than Kyle and it Sean. Would not, it wouldn't shock me if after this year you would put McVeigh. I think McVeigh is going to come out swinging this year, doing things he could not do last year and hasn't been able to do. It wouldn't shock me if you redid this last year if McVay was number one. I'd probably put Andy number one, even though, um, you know, sometimes you could argue it gets a little pass happy. But I just, I love him. Uh, I know you love him. Um, but, like, if you're going to give Joe Brady, first of all, I'm not Joe Brady LSU. Like, I don't, that's not part of this conversation to me. <laughs> no, so, okay. That doesn't count. So, didn't have McCaffrey, had Teddy. It was fine with Teddy. I got to give, Shanahan credit for quarterback 
uh, musical chairs, and they were just kind of in the mix in games. They had no business being in the mix in with some of the guys they had at quarterback. The John Wolford thing for McVay, I think, is a a McVay flex. And again, McVay and Shanahan's best qualities are not last year. And I thought in some ways you could point, if we're going to point to Teddy Bridgewater for Joe Brady, then we got to point to last year for those guys. Well, I got a name for you, and he's a polarizing name with the individual fan base. Because when you have him, you're like, can you expand the offense? But in no world could you put Joe Brady, if you're basing it on the NFL, ahead of Greg Roman. Greg Roman, I've seen him now, multiple quarterbacks have dynamic playoff-level offenses. Say what you want, Lamar Jackson, I don't know, won the fucking MVP? And last year, like, the second half of the season, they started dominating again? Would you? I, could Would anyone in the league... Now, his offense, I understand. Like, I'm not even all, I don't even, I'm more pass happy than I am run happy. But Lamar's their quarterback. He's tailored an offense that, I mean, is pretty damn good. If I'm Greg Roman, like, wait, you put Joe Brady out of me? Multiple times at multiple stops. Yeah, Joe Brady, what, what, when, where do they draft? How many games they win last year? How many touchdowns they throw up? What what are we talking about here? Like, LaFleur, you're really just nitpicking, is it, you know, the chicken, like chicken or the egg, is it Rodgers or him? Yeah, but, but with that, you would argue Aaron got better once he bought in, right? Yeah. Not I, better I than LaFleur credit. Yeah, yeah, he gets credit. Would any general manager take LaFleur? And I, it might not even be proven right. Like, maybe LaFleur goes on to have this career. His, his winning percentage is really high. Do you think people would choose him over Kyle or McVay? Uh... You know, it wouldn't shock me like, if some people did, but I do. I think he would finish third, and if we just everybody got votes, I think he'd finish third. Wouldn't shock me though. It would not shock me. And I'm not. P.S. Like, dominated. Blowing those two guys. Yeah. Well, Rogers dominated this. Well, year. but I'm just and saying. Defense was. He has yeah. been the head coach of a team for two years, and they have. What have they won? Twenty six regular season games in two years. If Rogers got like traded and he won, and he went like ten and seven with Jordan Love, I'd be like, yeah, he's got to be. Here's the other one. How about Stefanski? Under in no world you can you put Joe Brady out of Stefanski. Remember how good the Minnesota offense was two years ago, and then the Baker. Yeah, I, I forgot about Stefanski. I kept thinking, like, who are some other? You always disrespect the Browns this- on this show, but we got to give Stefanski his credit. So yeah, I like Stefanski. I think I mean to the point. Oops, I made this thing way too big. I think I'd even have Stef- Stefanski might be in my six. Shanahan, McVay, Peyton, Reed, Stefanski. That's five. Am I missing somebody? Ben Roman's been doing it a little while. Yeah, Roman. I mean, I mean, Byron, like, you know, it's it's hard because it's Arians and it's Tom. Yeah. I mean, we didn't bring up Josh McDaniel either, which, again, we'll, we'll see it, this year it, if Cam's – like, Josh McDaniel could have a kind of a flex year this year with Cam if Cam's healthy. Well, if Arians was still, quote-unquote, calling the plays, he would 100% be on this list, right? He would. I, so I think we got to give Byron. Uh, so I think by that token, like you got to give Byron left, which his credit, if you'd be given Arians credit. Right. Did, uh, you know, 33 picks two years ago. Jameis. Yeah. That's on his watch. Yeah, but he threw all those touchdowns. Didn't he lead the league in touchdowns? No. I th- Just Justin picks? He led, he led the league in yards. Oh, see? He had to play a certain well, way, I, John. I, I, can't, I can't go out there and I, throw the ball for him. How about Dayball? Yeah, would you have Dayball on the list? I think he's proven to be pretty good. I, I I think he's you know competing for a top ten. I don't know if he's top six. He's good. I mean their offense was fantastic, and I do give you credit, non head coach, right? Like 
if you're Andy or Sean Payton, like you're just the head coach, like you're good, right? You're making $12 million. You're, everyone knows you're good. When you're the coordinator, like D'Amico, on the opposite side of the ball, for a t- on, the, on a team where the head coach is on the other side, right? Brian Dable runs the offense. It's not like, well, sh- maybe Sean McDermott. No, Sean McDermott's the defensive coach. That's impressive. It's always why Bruce Arians, like wherever he went, they scored points because it was Mike Tomlin. He was always work- Chuck Pagano working for defensive head coaches. It was his baby. You're like, that guy's fucking good. So Brian Dable, I watched him this year. They were throwing up points. Like, Big time. W- like, I, and I'm not saying Arthur Smith should be on the list, but if Joe Brady's on the list, shouldn't you have to consider Arthur Smith? Joe, to put Joe Brady on the list, again, like him, follow him on Twitter. I saw he just got engaged. She looks like a beautiful woman. Uh, I, I'm rooting for Joe Brady. I think he's a cool guy. I, I just I like his energy. I'm, I'm a Joe Brady fan, basically just based on LSU. Under In no world could you consider him a top 20 NFL offensive coordinator, I would say, right now. And, and look, <laughs> and he 20. could take a huge leap with Sam Darnold if, he, if that Big. works. I'm a guy, I'm betting on him. I'll bet on him. But based on the one year, no, we got a slower roll there. Salem, Salem on YouTube says Kyle is number one or two. The whole league is following his lead. Kings of Kings says Middlecoff can't wait to crap on Gruden. I gave Gruden credit. I said he'd be in the list. Uh, Ray says Niners Saints game from a couple years ago alone puts Kyle and Sean in the top three. So you're right. I think McVay could have a big, big boy. I, I think McVay <laughs> is going to come out. Kicking ass and taking names this year. Or at least Did you see his comment. You see his comment the other day that he had to backtrack really fast that he wasn't trying to take a shot at golf. Where they asked him like either Les Snead or someone said maybe in his press conference, like, you know, they say you've been looking a lot happier this year. He's like, Yeah, I've been a much, much happier off season. Like, wouldn't you be? And then he had to like the obviously the way everyone's like, oh, well, I mean, clearly why he's happier. And he's like, that was not a shot of Jared Goff. Like, you know, I, I, you know, listen, there are unsubstantiated rumors that Goff said something about his fiance, Veronica, who's a good follow on Instagram. If they're unsubstantiated, should we be using repeating them here? Yeah, I mean, but they're well out there on the internet. Okay. I, t- my point is, he has said enough. If you did respect the human. Right, if you just, like, the way, I think Kyle respects Jimmy. You know, it's why he always kind of tiptoes around even when he's mad. Sean McVay is, to to do what he's done over the last seven, eight months, and the way they've said, same with Les Snead, you would have to lose some respect for a human being. Because Sean McVay would not, like Andrew Whitworth, let's say, right? He would never, ever... Even as Andrew's slipping and it's no longer, he's really not that good anymore. I, I like the guy, but he's kind of stiff. Uh, he's just holding on for dear life. He would never say those words because he respects him too much, and rightfully so. At some point, to lose the level of respect Sean had for Jared, something had to be. It wasn't just he's not good at football. Because we, we've seen enough not good at football players where the coach respects the guy and they never talk about him like that. Don't you agree? Like, it's a little... Like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, it made me wonder, is there a work ethic issue? Because we know that Sean works his ass off, right? It, it got worse. Like, it was on a certain trajectory, and then it, it got worse, right? Yeah. That, my point is, even the upside, I, it, it, who knows what was, like, if something was said that if you're Sean, girl, not even about a, a significant other, just as a human being, that you're like, I fucking hate this guy. That's what feels like something happened along the way. Yeah, it might have, but what? I, but I do think that the the way the degree to which McVeigh had to almost play with one arm behind his back 
by the end, if it was if it was as simple as he's just not good enough, that's one thing. And it could have been that. But if you add to it, maybe I don't think he's working. I don't know this. I'm just saying there's a scenario where. See, but so, someone told me that they, they think that's definitely not the case. They saw Jared. I mean, he's not like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but it's not like he was showing up to work at 830. Yeah, well, then. OK, but I, I like I, I think McVeigh came to. I think based on the the way he inhibited his ability to call offense, he became extremely frustrated with just the player. I'm not saying that other stuff didn't happen. I'm just saying you could justify just his frustration based on the level of play that he was getting. It was bad. But then he came out right before the trade, like a few days before the trade, right? He basically ripped him. Like, he's got to be a lot better. I don't remember yeah, exactly what several, the words he, were. But. Several, to me, he's ripped him enough that it's like, I, I've been following this league pretty closely. No one else does that. To even guys they hate. It'd be like J- Jalen Ramsey on the way out. They're like, yeah, we just didn't see eye to eye. Good luck to him. It's like, well, he just, he hates all you guys. You know, it's gotten really ugly. It's just not, it was weird. I it don't was know. weird. Something's no, weird. You're right. You're, you're right. John, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. You're the hiring expert for your company. What you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps your uh, make your life easier. You need Indeed.com slash ham. Yep. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring easy. Indeed makes connecting with the right people, the right talent, very easy. Here's a key, guy. To have a good business, to have a successful business, to have any a two-person business or a 500-person business, you need the right people. It's not about the walls, right? It's about the people inside those walls. It's not about the buildings. It's about the humans. And that's where you get it, hiring, using Indeed. Because, guy, according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all their job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job, thanks to us, uh, Indeed.com slash ham. Get a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash ham, Indeed.com Slash ham offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. With Indeed Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. Indeed.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, 
promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, okay, this is quick. Speaking of people saying things about people, McFay style, uh, how about Mark Murphy? I love any time a team executive or representative says something at like town hall meeting. It's like, oh, no. What did he say at a town hall meeting? Or like, oh, he was talking to the Kiwanis Club. It's like, oh, God, what did he say at the Kiwanis Club? You remember the thing with the, uh, with the Mariners Seattle president? Mariner, yeah. <laughs> like on this, a, guy's a li- this guy's a little I different know, than and that, And I don't though. think he said anything he regrets, unlike the Mariners He guy. played in the NFL. Like, this is not... I don't think he said anything he regrets. I just love any time you read a quote where it's like, it wasn't on a show. It wasn't on Dan Patrick. He said it at like a booster meeting. It's always like, all right, he was loose. What'd he say? Uh, I'm often reminded of Ted Thompson, as most of you know, just a great general manager. And often he talked about Aaron, that he's a comp, and it wasn't just Aaron, it was a lot of different players, but he would say, he's a complicated fella. So I'll just leave it at that. It's a good quote. I I mean, I don't think he's wrong, you know. Uh, Maybe you're at the point, like, are you just going to completely kiss his ass? Uh, My whole thing is... Not address the situation? yeah, I, I think it's pretty simple, is that there has to be some sort of sit-down between Gudikins, LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers. Murphy's not a part of it. So that that is where he, unlike, you know, most team presidents that aren't football-related, he definitely has carryover, right? He is much different than any other NFL team president, I would say, that isn't like family like, he ain't just dealing with the sponsorships. He deals with Gudikins and LaFleur very, very closely. But to me, to fix the Aaron Rodgers relationship, he has nothing to do with it. Unless part of the Aaron wants him gone, which honestly wouldn't totally shock me. It kind of feels like Aaron thinks that him and Gudikins are out to get him more than, like, LaFleur. Which, LaFleur is smart. You play the friend card. 
You're like, I'm with you, Aaron. I don't want to. Good cop. I don't even want to coach this guy. Yeah. Ask Devontae. I've been telling him at OTAs that you missed. I was like, I'm all in on you Devontae guys. texted me. He told Run me he saw back. you guys giggling by the soda machine. <laughs> well, it's like, I got to pretend to like Jordan Love. It's a p- tough predicament you're putting me in, Aaron. Yeah. Just come back. We'll trade the kid. Yeah, I mean, look. But lie to him and then not trade him. Murphy could be some of the muscle behind Gudikins, right? Like, hey, man, you do what you got to do. We got you. And organizationally, we got your back. We are choosing you. Yeah. I would have, well, someone, D, someone DM'd me, a Packer fan, like, how could we fire Mark Murphy? And I heard Andrew Brandt, when I was driving around the other day, was on with McAfee and told them, because McAfee's like, how's this work? And he's like, basically, there's a board of directors that if they turn on you, like, they can get the coach fired or the GM fired or me fired or whoever, Murphy fired. But when you're winning and things are going well, they immediately say yes, right? So anything the team wants the board of directors just gives them the go ahead. Like, Hey, cause he's like, whenever I was signing contracts, I didn't have to call the owner. They're just like, yeah, if the GM's cool with it, you just do what it, you just sign him. And Ted, obviously he trusts his guy. Well, think how much the last, the board of directors have had a relatively easy job for 30 years. They, all they do is win. They've had Aaron Rodgers and Who Brett Favre. It hasn't been like, I, I don't know how they get elected, but they clearly, if I was those guys, you would just want it to keep on rolling. I would be like, yeah, just fix. I believe in you guys. Like, why wouldn't they have trusted Ted Thompson or Mike Holmgren or now LaFleur and Gudikins? Like, fuck, couldn't go any better. We're winning. We're all printing money. Yep. It's working. Yep. It's where not having the owner in this specific situation. I would say the Rodgers, or I mean the Favre thing too. Looking back, it brings a little more clarity. Like, things can drag on when there's not, like, I mean, we see it in the country. There has to be one fucking voice. If some people are going to get uncomfortable, whatever, there has to be a, a specific voice. The buck stops a household, with a company. There, there, there's just like someone has to make the tough decision. Let everyone but complain. Who gives you would say this historically? They've actually done it, right? The Favre Rogers thing. Somebody did. They, which if you're on the well, board of directors, they, they, then they just told Ted to do it. Yeah, you would trust them to do it, like. Wait a second. Why is everybody acting so surprised? We did this with Aaron. It worked. Does everybody remember that? Yeah. You know, it's not like any organization's trying to pull this off. It is these guys, this organization. Well, why do you think, like, as things got pretty weird, they probably like, yeah, we're not going to get rid of Ted. We don't want to fire Ted. He made the greatest transition, I don't know, in, like, the history of business transitions. He's like, yeah, we should go with this other guy. They're like, that's Brett Favre. Like, yeah, I'm telling you to do it. And then it went as about as well as possible. Within two years... They won the Super Bowl. Think about that. And Ted is, if you met him, he was kind of a weird cat. Complicated fella? No, he was just, he was an introverted former player, but he didn't look like a player. But once you make that move, if you just, even if you're like, God, I can't really communicate, you wouldn't even care. You're like, this guy's just a genius. You know, this guy is. Ped, whoever you want, you pick them. <laughs> you know, that's an all-time move. I mean, it's like it's just it. That's an you just you, you. He deserves a statue. If you told me they put Ted Thompson at Lambeau of his name up on, like I would say, yeah, he deserves that. Obviously, Rogers as well. And Far, they got a lot of statue guys. Like I'd say, the difference between the Montana Young thing is like Montana's better than Young. But if they had gone Montana to Young and it turned out Young had been mon- better in Montana, think how yeah, it is all time. This one went better than that one did. And that one was also <laughs> yes. just as messy as the, as the Packers one was. The 
Niners one was actually even kind of messier because there was no clean cut. It was like Steve and then Joe and then an injury wrist and then back and then coaching change. And yeah, honestly, listening to the Steve Young book, it's kind of crazy how it went for like four years. The two of them. It was. It wouldn't happen today. Uh, Le'Veon doesn't want to play for Andy John. He'd rather retire. Just FYI. That's what I've got some DMs like Middlecoff. What's your opinion? I know I've been tagged in a few tweets like I can't wait to hear John's getting a bit hot on this one. It's like I almost said it like we'll talk about it later. My take on your take was going to be you're going to dismiss Le'Veon like everyone else is going to dismiss Le'Veon in this in this case. I'll I'll defend him on this. If I had sat out a year and was 14.7, I think maybe it was 13.7 million dollars poorer. I had lost, I would be, I would never think the same about life again. <laughs> Especially in a situation where... And I would trust nobody if I had taken somebody's advice like, to do that. Yeah, it's not like uh, his career is over now. Like, it's just, it was clear even when he was like, he's just slower, he sucks. He ended up making $14 million less. Like, that money is just gone. And there is not like, well, he just got seven more years. Like, it's done. It, it just, I feel... Ultimately, it's on him. Like, I, I'm a big believer. Like, he made the decision. I don't care what agent told him. He chose to sit out because, remember, he was on the Steelers. The second franchise tag never recovered. He uh, was coming off a year in which he was 10th in the league in catches when he held out or when he didn't play. 85 catches, over six catches a game in 2016. He had more catches that year. He had two more catches than Travis Kelsey that year. Now, he had, you know, Kelsey had over 1,000 yards receiving and Le'Veon had like 650 so he probably thought I'm going to get to Kansas City and I'm going to be catching the ball eight times a game and it's going to be incredible and then he has 13 catches in nine games I think I think it was him but he you had and just I talked been on about. the Jets though guy and been terrible yeah well I know but, they cut but, him. but we talked about this at the time I'm pretty sure it was him like okay you played for Gase if you suck for Adam Gase people go eh, maybe it was Adam Gase you go play for Andy, that can go one of two ways. It can be really good for your career, but if it doesn't work, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt that you just played for a bad coach. If it doesn't work with Andy Reid, if Andy Reid can't figure out a way to use you, it's going to be a reflection of you, right? Like, this is why Darnold had some some attentions. It's like, well, okay, he played for Gase. Maybe it's not Sam's fault. There was a little bit of that with Le'Veon. Well, maybe it's not Le'Veon. Maybe it's the Jets. Well, it's Le'Veon. Yeah, I think he's an untouchable player now. So he he already took one personal stand. Like, I'm not going to play for that money. And now is he going to retire and for the rest of his life say it's because he refused to play for Andy Reid? Because that would be an 0 for 2. <laughs> yeah, Le'Veon, uh, it just, he was one of my favorite players in the league in the peak of his powers. Now, part of it, remember, his leg got shattered. And he got a DUI where he got pulled over on the way to the team jet, getting high with Legarrette Blunt. So it's like they put Legarrette on the plane, didn't they? Yeah, because he was in the passenger seat. But uh, Le'Veon, I think, had to go to the old pokey because he was in, uh, you know, behind the steering wheel. But it's like Le'Veon, you had some red flags, and they were paying you the the two franchise tag years were like eleven million, fourteen million, added up to like basically the contract he got from the Jets. He could have had back to back. You know, instead of having $27 million from the Jets, he could have had double, he could have had like $55 million total. Mm. Instead, he, I think he ended up with about 40. So he ended up $15 million poorer than he would have been. That's, I don't care who you are, 
I, it would be hard for me to sleep at night. It's a lot of money, guy. Are you going to be able to sleep uh, at night? I'm, I've been waiting. You told me I haven't been able to hear this. You had a run-in at the gym today. You told, I, you're saving it for the air, so let's hear it. Just at, personally, I've really worked on being a better thinking about others. Uh, you know, no shot to the media profession. I do think it can be a little selfish, just the nature of the business. It's like just kind of you or your own entity. Right. It's just, you know, just the bubble we live in. It's all about yourself and our takes and just everything. You know, so I just over the last year, think about others, do things for others. Luckily, you have a wife. and I think it helps just, you know, people just balance you out, you know, be a better human. So you can't always just think about yourself. So I go to the gym today, get a little workout. And I I, I usually when I go during the week, you know, I, I can go at weird times. I don't have to go rush hour at 7 a.m. or at 5 o'clock. I can just roll at 10 or 9 or 3. So no one's ever there. So I use this one bench press, but I don't actually use the bench press. I just use the bench, and I do like a set. I'm there for like 30 minutes, but no one has ever said anything to me. I don't even think. I just probably bench presses on the other side, right? This guy today asked me. I'd been there for five minutes, maybe 10. Like, hey, are you using this bench? I'm like, yeah. But I wasn't actually using the bench. I was just using everything around it. Like, I, I have a couple things laying around. You're saying you're doing, I like, sw- curls while you sit on it or that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. Gotcha. No, I, just, I, I have a couple free weights there. I have a big 45 that I do some sides with. And, and then I, I, do, I have this little rotation. I do some abs. I just use the bench. But I'm not actually using the bar the whole time. Really, the whole thing, if I'm there 30 minutes, I use the bar for, like, five minutes. So if you're just watching me a lot of time, you're like, what the? He could do that anywhere. But that's where I go. I'm just, I'm a creature of habit. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. This guy's arms like are Dwayne Johnson level big. I've never seen this guy at the gym before. He easily has the biggest arms I've ever seen. I mean, he is he is a big dude, way bigger than me. I mean, obviously bigger than me, but I mean like probably like 6'2", 6'3", arms enormous, cut off shirt, tat on one side, big motherfucker. I'm like, yeah, I'm using it, but it wasn't contentious or anything. Probably about 20 minutes later, there's another machine by it and he's on it. And then I'm doing my thing. And I see him kind of walk right up to me and just stand. I'm like, what's going on here? And he takes off his headphones and he's like, hey, bro, when the gym's this packed, you, how about be considerate? And if you ain't going to use that, let someone else fucking use it. And he was kind of aggressive, but I, this guy, I mean, lifting, you can tell is a big deal for this guy. It'd be like someone screwing up our podcast, right? This is, this is lifting for me it's just i think i'm supposed to do it to stay healthy whatever i don't know <laughs> i just i just do what i do you know? he might be a pro he might be a pro bodybuilder or something you're saying 100 and he kind of went on but your natural reaction when someone kind of calls you out is to be like bro you want to use it now like come on what do you mean this is gym there's not there's not other benches in here because my natural reaction is to attack back but you kind of you know like a like a little dog bark loud you just kind of get lit and and he was pissed and i'm like you want to use it right now He's like, no, I don't. And then he kind of walks away. <laughs> and then I started thinking, like, I was kind of a dick, right? I, I was in the wrong. But then Which I time were you a dick? In your I response wa- or when you said you're using it initially? Uh, it, probably my response. I'm like, yeah, I was out. Of, you know, I should have let you use it. But just, but I attacked back. Right. Like, I was kind of an asshole back. Right? And I, I just, I was gonna, then I saw him around. I was going to go up. Hey man, my bad. I didn't realize there were that many people. I wasn't trying to be an asshole or whatever. And then do like a fist bump. But I kept thinking if he doesn't go fist bump, then I'm the fucking overall loser. Like I just went to try to kiss his ass and he big time me. And I just, in the alpha contest, he just quadruple alphas me. So I kind of like, kind of just was keep walking by him. Kind of just keep looking, just trying to act like his equal. But it was just, 
I mean, this guy, I, I, he wasn't that, I mean, he never like, like got that close to yeah. me, but if he got aggressive, been fucked. he was huge. As Cedric, the entertainer would say, he wished a motherfucker would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, this guy was so much bigger than me. I don't even think he thought for one second, I would even think of doing anything. Yeah. So he was not threat. I kind of immediately play the little dog role where you just get loud. Like, what do you want, fucking bro? Use this shit. I'll wipe this shit down for you right now, man. What? The? But it was a, it was an awkward interaction awkward. on my part. I mean, and ultimately, this guy just wanted to bench. I don't know because he benches. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Look, I I mean, I appreciate the introspection. I don't think, like most situations in life, it's usually not one person's one hundred percent right and one person's one hundred percent wrong. Most things, as much as a cop-out as this is to say, I think a lot of times stuff is just kind of a mi- miscommunication feels like too general of a word. But, like, you didn't quite understand what he was asking when he asked. He was saying to you, hey, man, there's no other benches. Can I bench press here? No, he didn't say there's no other benches. He said, are you? No, no, I understand. Said, but yeah, I'm, I'm saying what it. he was in his mind. He's like, there's nowhere for me to work out. This is the only place. This guy's only using it for, you know, 30 percent of the time that that it's available to him. When I'm just saying, like, I think I, most pe- I peeked like around. The, I peeked around the corner. He had taken a bench from the free weight section, put it on the squat rack and used it as a bench. So I think he was pretty pissed that he had to like, mani- you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, to me, an example is like. You I been squatted a- on a sweet area for longer than I okay, should. But but, you know. You got there. I you was there, there first. To me, yeah. this is. Um, this happens a lot, I think, especially now. Hey, get there at nine. I was there at nine forty-five on Saturday morning. You got there at uh, you know ten thirty. I beat you. Let me give you an example. Especially but now, you can't can I give you an example. Be, you can't always be consumed. But this yourself. is my point. There, especially now, a lot of people are picking up food. A lot of people are picking up food for other people in terms of food pickup services. There's a lot of parking spaces that have been taken away because of parklets. Have you ever been in a car in the parking spot? And you're in the car because you're on the phone, but you're getting your GPS or maybe you got to make a call or you you don't need to be to the next spot for 20 minutes and you don't want to drive around. So you're just sitting in your car. If you're the person in the car, you're like, this is my spot. I'm just sitting in the car here doing what I do until I leave. If you're the person who's been circling for eight minutes, you're like, what is this asshole doing? Don't you see me sitting here? Like, get out of your car. You're done with the spot. I don't know what you're doing in there. And, you know, if they start honking, you're like, screw you, I'm in the spot. But if you're them, you're like, what are you doing? Get out of the spot. Even though I have no idea what you're doing there. For all I know, you're waiting for grandma. I don't know what you're doing. But in both cases, everybody thinks the other person's the asshole. And, you know, you're probably both like 50% right. But I think that's most situations. It's like no one's 100% the jerk. No one's 100% innocent. Often... We're judging other people without really having time to interact and actually talk about what it is we're each trying to accomplish. And so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's very big of you, a little understanding for his mindset. But I think he would he should take a moment and go, you know, this guy doesn't he's not using the bench the way I use the bench, but he's using the bench. Like if I'm on the bench, he can't use it the way he wants to use it. Well, but there are several other free benches that I easily could have done all my shit around that didn't have a bar on it. Yeah, so and he to knows me, that. his second move should be, hey, man, if you're not going to use it for full bench press, do you mind if uh, if you use one of those benches over there? And just kind of and then you would both understand where you're each coming from. But you're not solving See, any here, problems acting like that. Well, here's the problem at a gym is like uh, if you could just go to a golf course, everyone for the most part is there doing the same thing, like having a good time playing golf, like a public golf course. Right now, if you go to a tournament. PGA, the Torrey Pines, everyone's going to be serious. At a gym, 
He got a lot of people with a lot of different agendas. Some people are just there because their wife forced them to be there. Another guy's there because he's trying to stay in shape. Another guy's there like this dude who's trying to be the biggest motherfucker in Contra Costa County history, right? So we're not all there for the same thing. Like, I'm not thinking like you. I was trying to be a good guy because ultimately I, I did squat on the what turns out to be the only. But I don't know. I ain't benching. I, I, I just assume, like most gyms, there's seven other benches. I should go down to the front desk. Like, hey, guys. Hey, this uh, six six feet space is fucking over. Get some more benches up here so my, my man Dwayne Johnson Jr. can bench. I like using this. It's, we just there's just a, because the difference between the car analogy is while we share the roads with each other, it's mainly like don't hit each other. You know, I, I, some people I'm go in different spaces. Everyone else the is gym, always the You're asshole. all sharing the. Yeah, you're right. I know. Uh, the, the real question is what happens when you get to that bench first next time, and then you see him roll in. If you were boys, you'd be like, oh, you know what? Just saw you. Let me grab this other bench. This way we can both work out at the same time. Is that what you would do if the situation arises again? And there's another opportunity for you? But you don't want to just totally, yeah. you know. You know, here would be an easy way to like become friend, just friendly with the guy. Like, hey, man, uh, yeah, uh, I squatted on your bench. Could you give me some tips on the arms? Because that's, I mean, ultimately the guy was just very serious. I, sometimes the big guys, one thing you notice like I'm looking in the mirror. I don't do long stares. So I'm like God, I'm not looking. I'm looking a little fat. Those guys stare right because they're just like looking at their muscles. You're studying so it. Yeah, like, you got, and there's a lot of muscles to stare at. Like I can do it. I just look at the one. There's one. There's no definition. I know what's there. Right now, they're in, checking. In full disclosure, I, you know, I would say the last three months I've had three different run-ins with different a lady people. once. An older guy, and then this guy. Well, All for different various things. Let me think about a dog walks down the street and ends up barking at a lot of other dogs. It's just, uh, you know, you interact <laughs> with enough people. Post-quarantine, yeah, it's bound to happen. Th- this, this was the one re- regarding, like, working out. The other two were, you know, corona protocols. The, we were To me, the, the worst page. move is if you see him and you're like, hey, man, I think we had a miscommunication the other day. And he would say, I don't think we did not have a miscommunication. And then you're like, oh, I can't. That's why can't I refused that to go up there and be like, hey, man. Wasn't trying to, I, my thing was like, hey, wasn't trying to be an asshole there. Fuck, you know, good. Yeah, nice most of us are in our own world. Most yeah. of us are in our own world. But what, I, what I couldn't stomach was, let's just I say the interactions you have, John, you don't really process until later. But you didn't want to get left hanging, I understand. No. Better than getting punched. Just, I know it's like you tried to be a good guy. And sometimes she just doesn't even work. What's the point of just being an asshole? Just, you know, just karma. You, you hope. Maybe that's a karma, whether it's real or not, it's good to think it is because you just maybe you do something better than you would have otherwise. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, so. share this podcast with your friends. We appreciate that. Yeah. Do it now. You should go up to him and be like, hey, man, maybe you could get his address from the front desk and send him some uh, wine or something. As. <laughs> Bring it full circle. I, I I thought I had this other older enemy in there. Now he just walks by me and doesn't even acknowledge. So I <laughs> we just we, we we had a moment. I've had some I've had some run it. A complicated fella uh, around the gym. Yeah. Golf. A complicated fella. <laughs> I am a complicated fella. I, I ruffle feathers in this area. You know I don't know why. All right. On that note, thanks for hanging, everybody. Have a great week. Peace. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.